you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Mandalorian, little success, little successful. T tiny bit, just a wee tiny bit. Just a smidge. I heard that the kids are all about it right now. Even even Big Kev likes it. What do you mean even? I I was doomed to like it. Doomed? Is that the right word? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm mean, maybe doomed is not the right word, but Destined. I was. It was destined. There you yeah, go. thank you. There you go. That's a good one. Destined to like it. Yeah. All right. And it just gets better and better, doesn't it? This uh. week's episode was unfreaking real. When the oh, we can't when, talk about when the, the details. thing happened. We that was cool. we can talk about the only thing we can talk about in details is episode two. We can talk about episode two of that and episode wow. two. Wow, how Morgan. about that? Uh, how about that uh, baby uh, Yoda, who I guess is being called Kevin on the internet? Is that what is it that is? an actual thing, or that's what I've heard? Yeah, I mean, people have told me that. You know, they're like, "Are you aware that you share?" You know, the name of baby. Well, it's between baby Yoda and Kevin, but everybody, of course, you know, geeks all over the world are losing their freaking minds. The real, yeah. you know, the purists are losing their minds because it's clearly not Yoda. It's it's a baby of the race that Yoda is. And baby is like 50 years old. Yeah. Or whatever they said in, yeah. in the. I think it was 50, episode. 51 years, something like that. Whatever it was, but the point is, is that he's not a baby. He's probably older than the Mandalorian. So and no, so yes. so just to pull back the curtain a little bit. So uh, at my job, I had to explain pretty much everything you just said, Kev, to people at work because they had to talk about it for this group discussion. And it was the hardest thing I think I've ever had to do in my life was try to explain this whole timeline baby Kevin Yoda thing that, you know, and try to just get it across so people would understand to the point where I had to get, I had to Google like timeline charts and, <laughs> and, and look up some like gifts and some animations on Instagram in order to try to help get my point across uh, to the point where I was kind of impressed with myself, honestly, after a while, the fact that I was able to teach these grown adults something about Star Wars because it'll never happen ever again. So good for you. Good for you, bud. It's it's made many victories. My like only that. thing about the baby Yoda name is since we don't have a name of the species and Yoda is the most famous of Yoda species, which is the actual name. If you look it up, I mean, they can't really call it much else besides baby Yoda. Well, at one point they're going to name the species. And that's that's going to be the end of that controversy. Yes, uh, I'd like to put an end to another controversy as well. Baby Kevin, mm -hmm. as cute as Baby Yoda. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll I'm look. trying to find visual evidence right now we'll, that I can share. We'll try to get a poll out on that one and see what the people. Uh, I'm telling you. Say. I'm telling you, if I find the right picture, you're all going to be losing money all betting right. against me. Well, until then, guys, this is episode. 567 of Geeks of TNG, the one we have not named yet. Baby Kevin. Baby Kevin, okay. You know what? Sandwich has a good one. There you go. Sandwich, right out of the gate. There you go. Love him. Love it. Uh, so I guess we have a few things that we just need to hit on first, quickly get out of the way. First of all, thank you for everyone that came by to uh, Geekfully this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Sandwich made a surprise appearance. Um, oh, did he? Yes. Where's that video? It's it's on the Discord, sir. Yeah, it's in the Discord. I'm telling you, if he's let it go, sandwich, he didn't call in either. If he's let it go, you should be praying. You know, you should be thanking whatever God looks over you because if he let it go, you got off light. All I'm saying 
uh, Big Kev, is the fact that this isn't over yet. <laughs> you know, Sandwich Sandwich took, you know, in fairness, he, he joined Geekfully a little bit later than OG and I. Uh, and OG and I talked about it. And I think it's safe to say that this is far from over. And uh, the Sandwich Did OG say that? Did well, OG say it was far from over? Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, all right. He has plans. The way I oh. saw it, the five families were all present. You know, the sandwich, oh, the yeah? Monty, the OG. Oh, yeah, were they all present? Schwobel made a, a call in, and uh, I think Rocky was there for maybe <laughs> here, two minutes. All right, you know what? Let's 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 pull back the curtain here. Let's Even more. Talk about- <laughs> Even more. So the curtain's been taken <laughs> yeah. down from the railing. There's railings. another curtain. Take, we're take the rod one. off. Now there's no curtain. So, for, you know, for those who are unaware, there's a five-hour difference between Hawaii and New Jersey where Geekfully was. Five hours. Okay. I get a call from Sandwich. I want to say it was probably, what, 6.30 in the morning here, roughly, <laughs> right, you on a Sunday morning. I would believe that. And my, the first call, by the way, he didn't know he was – he didn't know that I was on. So what I basically looked at was either his leg or his ass. <laughs> That's a fantastic <laughs> view. I don't understand the problem. And arriving <laughs> at Geek Fleet. And I'm like, sandwich, 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 and nothing. And I finally hung up after, I don't know, maybe two minutes. And I went <laughs> back to sleep. Right? Like 20 minutes later, uh, I'm calling him. And i I'm like, you know, if you're doing something, you know, and he texts me, he goes in a minute or whatever he said. And finally he calls me back. I don't know any of this. This is great. Yeah. And he calls me, he finally, he calls me back. He FaceTimes me back. Right. And then he's like, all right, here we are. And, you know, and we're going to go around the room and I've never seen sandwich jog, but I felt like he was jogging around geek flea. Because everything was going by so quick, I think I saw, I think I saw, uh, Frodo. You, I think yes. I saw. You did Mrs. see. G. You, you did. did. And by the way, Frodo hit a growth spurt the last month. He's uh he's just a little bit shorter than Mrs. G. Is that right? I, like for real, like up to her shoulders easily. Doesn't mean I can't take him. Well, that's a whole other story. Well, and his mother is diminutive, so. <laughs> okay. Just saying. Go on. To, uh, that's not a thing that she's going to hit me for, so I can say it. Continue. She knows she's short. She knows that kid is going to dwarf him. Not that it matters, because she'll take him out at the knees. Oh. It doesn't matter how big he gets. They're both going saying, to, like, that's, jiu-jitsu that's that's around the, the corner, that so. That's, I'm just saying that's a thing that I know. Just saying. Go the on. point is, is, so then I got a blurry, half-awake, quote, tour, end quote, of Geek Flea. Mm-hmm. It, sir, where I, he was kind of pointed at the, it's kind of like you see me on Instagram now. It's kind of like if I just did like this, you know, across, you know, like if I if this is basically what I saw. It was like, sir, if you wanted me to slow down, I could have heard you. You didn't tell me anything. If you're not vocal, well, I don't first know. First of all, I'm half awake. I didn't know what I was looking at, and I certainly am not going to argue with you six thousand miles away. Because I understood. <laughs> You're doing that now. right now. <laughs> We're in the middle the of an argument. This is, this is the show, and I'm fully awake. Is the point? So uh, uh, I'd like to uh, uh, I'd like to uh, comment on what Will Trash says. So you're saying Sandwich is no hero? 
Excellent. <laughs> I write, write that one down. We have a T-shirt. There we go. There's a T-shirt design coming. Sandwich is no hero. Geek uh, stuff TNG. Thanks, Will. That's great. So there we go. That's great. Will, you'll get full credit. And by that, I mean, I'll mention that you mentioned it once when we have the shirt. Um, so <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so then, and it was kind of, I guess it was over. And he's like, all right, you good? And I'm like, I guess I'm good. You know, and that was it. Did I get to, you know, did I get to, I don't know, have a moment, you know, to, to chat with my best friend from 6,000 miles away? No. Did I, you know, did I get to talk to, you know, my best friend's child, you know, kind of like my nephew? Did I get to, did I get to chat with him, you know, since the connection was, no. Did I get to see really anything, you know, that were on anyone's table? You did. Thank you. You did give me a few moments with smack or the mayor or whatever his nickname is these days, which I appreciate it because I don't get to see that guy enough and I like him. Uh, but you know, did I, did, you know, did I get around? Did I see everything that was going on? Did I look at each table? Was I able to see, Oh, you know what? Oh, sandwich. I really need that thing. So, you know, if you could figure that out and let's negotiate with, no, I can get that. I got what would probably be considered, although I consider it less than the bare minimum. Well, sir, I believe well, the issue I have a little bit here is you knew I was going to have to call you at the ass crack of yeah. dawn. Oh, I know. You also didn't even know I was going to be there. Oh, hold on. Hold on. First of all, are you saying to me that I should have expected that you would follow through on something that you said you were going to do? I have two words for you, sir, and they are galaxy's edge. And I'll say them twice galaxy's edge because you know that was kind of a thing that i expected of you as well so well, there you go sir if you expect me to do it then i did it so i don't understand why you're complaining about me doing it i also I'm feel like complaining about if you do it you yet, wanted to the manner in which you did it sir. You, you seem to have no problem telling me things now if you had told me then hey slow down i would have slowed down i would have walked you're, so you're slow right. i would have crawled you're right. I'm sorry. Well, the next one, the next opportunity we have, you know, we'll 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 see if you crawl. Anyway, I'm sorry. Anyways, so that's Geekly, guys. The other the other thing that we want to mention is our <laughs> is our lovely Patreon. No, no, no. Our listen, our little our little joshing each we'll other stand. aside. Oh, yeah. yeah no. How was Geekly? Was it well attended? Did where did you pick up anything, Monty, that you uh were after? So I gotta did be you get uh, rid of stuff that I, you wanted to discard. I was able to uh sell a few things. Um there was a uh Star Wars pint glass set I've been meaning to sell for a while. And uh Sandwich's good friend actually picked it up. So that was awesome of him. Um I am honestly I have uh, some very high ticket items I'm looking to, uh, to buy at uh, for Black Friday. So I wanted to kind of just keep it, uh, keep it like simple. Um, I want to remember the uh, the paradox, the Pandora's box place. They were selling some of those Ninja Turtle toys I was telling you about. Oh yes, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking to spend a boatload there. Um, wow. Bought myself uh, a new watch, and uh, uh, I might be buying a car. So why? Why? Uh, nostalgia, yeah. sir. It's nostalgia. What kind of car? It's an old Camaro. So I'm doing Yeek. some homework on that. We'll talk about that later. It's it's no no no, okay. no. it's 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 good I stuff. Like the it's good stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I mean, there, I'll tell you this much. There's the 
as I've mentioned on the bonus show, and I won't go into nearly as much detail, uh, the Geek Flea is just a nice combination of like your comic book store and Etsy store. And there was a lot of just really nice uh, homemade stuff, uh, some original artwork people were making that uh, people would love to have for their house to kind of help it stand out compared to, uh, uh, you know, shopping at like Target, Target, as it were, uh, for your home. So that alone kind of made it worth it. There was a lot of uh, uh, the one cool thing, which is right kind of across from our table a little bit, was a table that just had glassware and they had different things etched into it it could have been like oh yeah they're yeah they're always there they're very nice very Mm -hmm. nice people but i gotta be honest i was terrified that i was gonna bump into it while walking by and just (laughs) knock everything down and i could only imagine how long it took for those poor people to leave to just box up everything nice and carefully i would like to uh take a moment to acknowledge former producer micabus prime has joined us in the uh the discord chat oh hey kid so Hi. hello, Mikey. Hey, hey. How are you, sir? Um, so yeah, but good times all around. Um, also, the perfect thing to go to going into the holiday season if you need gifts for people. So awesome, awesome stuff. I think that's why around. they do it usually the week before Thanksgiving. I think it, that's the very purpose of it, I think, is because I think the gift-giving season is upon us. And I think uh, I always think it's well-timed. I, I understand that uh, – Maybe the uh, the attendance wasn't so good. And what happened with the empanadas? Yeah, the empanadas weren't there. I hope the people are okay. Like I'm legit concerned. Did, did the hot the hot sauce people were there though, hot right? So- yeah. Hot they, sauce people yep. were there. Those um, are the empanada people. Did they? Did anyone ask them what happened with the empanadas? No, I didn't realize that they were the same people. So I noticed the guy was by himself. Uh, at least I think he was by himself. Yeah, I didn't see anyone else with him. Yeah, so maybe was he was there. just shorthanded. It can only do one or the other. So mm. that's what I'm. I mean, that's just a total assumption there. And um, and OG didn't ask him either. Um, I don't recall to be honest with you. I don't oh, want to speak okay. for him. I'll shoot him um, a text. Yeah, yeah. Um, see if he had. Yeah, but all in all, it was a good time by all, and um, we had good, OG and I had great parking, which is really the only big problem that comes to uh, to Geek Flu. We got there nice and early to get good parking, so that was nice. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's a residential neighborhood in, inside a church, for so. Sure. Yeah, you know, parking is parking, like, like anywhere. So Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, you can also get more details about how Geekfully wins if you sign up for our lovely Patreon. That's patreon.com slash geekstufftng. We have a bunch of lovely tiers. For a dollar, you can get into our Patreon. Um, I'm sorry, you can get into our Discord, rather. Uh, I misspoke there. Uh, for $3, uh, you get the show uh, early. Usually it's Tuesday night uh, with a sneak peek at the prep sheet. For $5, you get that bonus show I was just talking about uh, and some, uh, some other content like our vintage shows. And for yeah, $10, can we, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there and tell you uh, something about that. I wanted to make sure that I said this this time. So, you know, for you guys that are, that are interested in the Patreon, you're wondering if it's worth getting that $5 tier for all that stuff. Man, the classic episodes alone Hysterical. are worth it. I have literally gone back and started listening from episode one to my own show because <laughs> it's, it's hysterical because it's for, it's, it's, it's just about, I think this March will be 15 years. Damn. I think, I think this March will be 15 years, but if, so if that's the case, it's nearly 15 years ago and they're talking, you know, we're talking, I'm on episode, I want to say I want to like episode eight now. Something like that. And okay. we and I literally just said OG brought up the conversation or the topic in the news that Marvel had announced that they're going to put out some more that they're going to put out films, 
you know, and I am snoozing. I'm making the snoring sound while he's trying to read this news bit where he's talking <laughs> about how they're going to do Thor and Iron Man as major motion pictures. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm just snoring. <laughs> and it's hysterical how, you know, how not in tune we were with so many things. But meanwhile, there's other things that we were like, this is the greatest thing of all time. And now, of course, we think that thing might be crap. Yeah. You sure. know, like, so, you know, it's really, really, they're really, really sort of a time capsule of the culture 15 years ago in that moment. And I, I, I think they're really, really funny. And I think they're also really funny. I think OG and I were trying to find our legs. For sure. You know, we're, we're trying to find sort of, you know, you know, pulling away the, the, the third curtain, you know, like, you know, these are kind of like, I mean, you know, this is basically who I am, but not really. It's kind of amped up a little bit for the purposes of the show. Mm -hmm. And we make fun of that a lot throughout the course of the show. OG and I make fun of the characters that we have created that you're listening to on this program. And, you know, Monty and Sandwich as well. You know, like we, we're not exactly like this. Big surprise. We're not exactly <laughs> like this. Yeah, we're slightly a bit different. You know, I don't bust Sandwich's balls all the time. Uh, you know, yeah. not not all the time. You know, like there's sometimes when Sandwich and I just get coffee. Yeah. And we're just like, so what's, you know, what's going no, on with you and the that, girl? You know, not horribly off. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, no, seriously. And, yeah. All joking aside. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, all joking aside, like that's it. And so, but what you really hear when you listen to those early episodes is us trying to figure that that out. And then we have our original producer of the show, Mr. Fantastic. Well, he doesn't have a mic for the first bunch of episodes. <laughs> and then he has a mic and then he's just chiming in on everything. It's really some really, really funny stuff. And especially, again, as a snapshot of the culture at the time. I just think they're really great. I mean, if I had to pay for my own show, I would definitely be up for doing that because I mean, what is there's 40 odd something up thing, uh, something, uh, 40 something of them up there now, right? Something like that. 46. I'm saying 46. I will check on my little phone. Well, uh, you know, whatever the number is, this, I mean, there's 40 odd hours of entertainment right there and some really funny stuff. And I'm laughing at myself with myself about myself and OG and Mr. Fantastic and all the, I mean, there are commercials on there. You know, there's, we, we had a, a, a girl, I'm pulling away the fourth curtain. Uh, taking, we had taking a down girl, the doors of the box office at this point. <laughs> no, uh, you know, initially, and this is something, uh, this is something Monty that you and I should probably revisit. OG and I did fake commercials dude, for like yeah. jelly belly. Dude, I, you know, I was actually talking to, to, to OG about the jelly belly commercial. Yeah. This past at of geek play. Yeah, we did Jelly Belly. We did um, and you know, and Jelly Belly. Of course, we sent it to Jelly Belly, and they loved it so much. They sent us like a hundred pounds of jelly beans. I'm sure and it was really fun. Yeah, it was a really funny thing, and we ran it, you know, like around Easter time. But we did yeah. other things. There's just like little promotional like spots that we did. Like we did one with Mister Fantastic. You know, where he basically like says his name and we stop the commercial and we're like, no, no, no. Say you know, that your... was, I honestly thought that was your best commercial ever. As, as someone no, who's been but... listening, as someone who's been listening from since like 08, I always right. thought that was the best commercial. Well, that one, I think that one's really funny. But there's also the one where, where fourth curtain pulled away. It's Mrs. OG. 
uh, fifth curtain. It's Mrs. OG doing the the girl doing hey you sexy geek that one. If you look at if you listen to the old episodes, you'll hear that one as well. I gotta listen. That I don't one, think I've ever realized that. That one is really funny. It's because we altered her voice, but that one was really funny as well. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we're laughing about it now, but you know, like those things are really funny. I think at some point, I think it would be really funny if, uh, if, um, we could get OG and I to do, I don't know that we could get fantastic because first of all, no one knows where he is. He's moved like five times in the last two years. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's in Pennsylvania, but if we could get the two of us at some point to sit down and kind of provide commentary for like one of the class or a couple of the classic episodes. I think that would be really funny. I think that'd be you great. Know? Like a mystery science theater kind of style. Almost. Yeah. Small I think that would be really, really funny anyway. So Patreon. Yeah. So it's definitely worth, I know this is like an extended ad for our Patreon, but the, it, it's, it's Sorry, just so something like, that I've kind of really latched onto in the last couple of weeks. And I have to say it's really, really funny and entertaining. So do with that what you will. All right. On that note, boys. Monty, where the fuck are all your curtains? With, with that, uh, Mr. Sandwich and Monty. Uh, Yo, whoa, whoa, this has been whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, <laughs> oh, hey, oh, we oh. Got some, we got some stuff we got to talk about, sir, before you oh. do that. Oh. <laughs> Even though it does feel appropriate almost at this so point. First of all, first of all, yeah. uh, we got called out on Facebook. I got called out on Facebook. I, I saw that. Because I said Christopher Maloney was... <laughs> was Christopher Imperiali, or it's actually Michael Imperiali from The Sopranos, and I screwed that up entirely. Michael, I believe it's Michael Imperioli, played Christopher Moltisanti on The Sopranos. Christopher Maloney played Detective Stabler on uh, Law & Order SVU for like 100 years. Um, he's the one doing whatever that project is that we that I said – was Michael Imperioli or, or said was the guy from the Sopranos. It's actually Christopher Maloney. I can't even remember what we were talking about that he's doing. Um, maybe if one of you can, you know, Google search Christopher Maloney really quick or whatever we announced last week that he was going to be, Oh wait, I can actually look on the prep sheet. I think it was five sixty six. would have been. Yeah. I'm looking to see, uh, Simpsons, uh, Mandalorian. Uh, I want to make sure we get this right, just in case, you know. I hear you. Runaways, MCU movies. Did we mention him? We did because he's 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 going to be in something. Uh, I don't know uh, what it was. It Sin City TV. We didn't. No? Or we were trying to. I yeah, think. We, I think we skipped that one. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't five sixty six. Maybe it was. Because no, we were talking about the Soprano Con, I think. I think that's when. No, 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 it wasn't Soprano Con. No, it was something where I think you know we were kind of. I think we were being dismissive of it, and I said no, no sandwich. I even said sandwich. I was like sandwich. You know who, you know who Christopher Maloney is. That's Christopher Moltisanti from the yeah, Soprano. Yeah. And I said, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't kind of dismiss this, whatever it was. What's Do you remember what it was? Did you find it? No, I found something else. Oh, uh, here it is. I got? think it was, was it the Harley Quinn cartoon? That could uh, yeah, possibly it be was. it. Yeah, there was Chris a lot Maloney of is playing Commissioner Gordon. There you go. Ah. And oh, the, article okay. lists, the article lists Happy as his movie. And I'm like, that's the movie that you list? Or... 
you know, like why wouldn't you put Law and Order SVU? He was on it for 40 seasons or I don't know, Wet Hot American Summer, for which he is much more well-known than Happy, a movie I've never heard of. So anyway, there, I can criticize the article. Happy is that TV show he does with the uh, imaginary friend who he sees and does stuff. That's a good is show. That like still that show. A, is that still a thing? I don't know. I've seen two. I like. I've seen the first season. I don't know if there was a second season. I liked it. Okay. So there's the correction. Uh, the young lady whose name is escaping me at the moment who called me out on that. Good on you. Next time, call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Got to be ready at any moment, sandwich. It can come at any time. <laughs> I, I was on top of it. Kind of. There wasn't much of a delay. Just had a beat there. I'm just saying. You need to listen to those classic episodes so that you understand that there's no beat. It's... GVM line two, that's it right there. It's, you're in it. Quick, what's the old GVM number? <laughs> the old GVM number? I don't even remember. <laughs> I, re- I remember it. Do you? I never had to say it. <laughs> I remember the old one with no problem. It's 425-920-6050. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? All right. I don't know the new one. I know there's a two in the new one. That's that's, that's all I know. <laughs> all right. We're like 25 minutes in. Let's hit our first story. And with that, Mr. Monty, we'll, will you take stop our- doing that? <laughs> stop that, sir. Big news because that's because Disney Plus is the Mandalorian and also Baby Kevin. Really, uh, is the most in-demand original streaming series in the U.S. Uh, according to an analytic firm called Parrot Analytics. There you go. It. Uh, Mandalorian. Uh, it uh, topped Stranger Things uh, 21 straight weeks, which was at the top charts. Uh, the Mandalorian had over 100 uh, million demand expressions during the week of November 17th to November 23rd, uh, while Stranger Things had 81 million uh, views, expressions rather. Um, I, had an ex- I had an expression at the end of episode three. It was this. Son of a bitch. Yep. You can't see that unless you're on Patreon. No, uh, but I love that the fact that I love the fact that people at work for me have been watching it and a little tiny like they they try to minimize it as little as possible so nobody notices walking by. <laughs> um, like everybody is all about the show. The people who don't give a damn about Star Wars are all about it, asking questions, googling about it, uh, and they're just locked into the show. It just, it's just oh, really, yeah. it's really cool on how this is And just... why not? It's like an old serial. It's like those old serials from the 30s and 40s. It's one story. They've cleverly broken it up. The breakpoints are really excellent. This week's especially, I thought was really excellent. Mm-hmm. And you don't know where this is going. Like, this is not an easy, you know, some things it's kind of an easy read. You kind of know what's happening and where it's going. Not, no such case here. That's not what's happening here at all. Like, I don't know where this is going, and that's why I'm compelled to watch because they've introduced elements from all over the place. Yes. And you know, and now he's going after a Mon Calamarian. Hello. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that, and he's taking baby Yoda with him. What I want to know is, you know, why they're not getting the Nick Nolte character to be like his crew guy. I thought that was a... I thought that would be kind of a natural thing, but I guess they're they're not going in that direction. Still I don't good, think though. we're not going to see that character again. Yeah, I think we'll see him again. I just think it's yeah interesting. So do, do we? Want I didn't to go spoil anything. Geeks are wired. Shut up! I didn't spoil anything. 
Well, you, do I don't know where it's going. Right now, or, uh... Yeah, episode that happened in episode two, sir. Mr. Geeks are wired. Episode two, the little guy voiced by Nick Nolte said that he didn't want to be on his crew or whatever. So there, I ain't spoiling that. And what? That he has Baby Yoda? That also happened in episode two. That he's flying around with Baby Yoda? Also episode two. So you shut your mouth. Whoa, calm down. Um, shut it. All right, so since we're talking about episode two, I mean, I just thought it was absolutely compelling. I was there not a whole lot of dialogue, just sitting at the front end of my seat, just wanting to see what was going to happen. And I thought it was just really great storytelling for the fact that there wasn't a whole lot going on. You know, verbally, there wasn't a whole lot going on, but it just kept everybody engaged so much to want to know what was going to be happening next and kind of see what, you, how it was going to hit the fan. I'll tell you this also. My problem continues just to be the music. That's your own. That's, is that it's, your only problem? Yeah, I, that's my only problem. I, I think it's just I think it's a weak point in the in the uh, in the production. I don't know. I just think it is. I just don't think it. That's the one. I mean, it's really hard to watch a Star Wars thing without John Williams music. I was just you about know? to ask you if that was the case for you. Yeah, it just, it really is. This is really difficult. And you can tell it's like glaringly apparent that it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I'm not letting it deter from my enjoyment of it, but it's not increasing my enjoyment of it. It's not bolstering my enjoyment of it, which is what music usually does. Good music. Okay. I'll give you a great example. There's a film called The Bounty, right? Okay. It is epic. It's the story of the HMS Bounty. For those of you who don't know, Fletcher Christian, Captain Bly, it's this whole thing, right? It's this, this whole thing. Well, this particular version, there's four filmed versions of the story. They have all different people, obviously different performers, different time periods, and so on. So this is actually the most recent one, and it was like 1983 or something when it came out. Uh, I think somewhere around there and it's, uh, and it's, um, Anthony Hopkins as Bly and a young, um, Mel Gibson as Fletcher Christian. Uh, but you also have a ton of other people in it. Um, uh, what's his name? The best actor on the planet. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the guy from Lincoln who played Lincoln, Daniel Day Lewis, Daniel Day Lewis, young Daniel Day Lewis is in it. Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson is in it. Uh, actually, um, uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier is in it in a small role. And you know, like there's a, this is a ton of people in it and the movie is epic. I mean, it's really, really epic to see epic. I mean, it's really, really a great picture, but the music was done by the same guy that did blade runner. It's Vangelis and it's all electronic music and it's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. It doesn't match the movie at all. If I were a billionaire, I would beg to re-release that movie with a different uh, soundtrack because it's terrible. I mean, in this particular, in that particular case, rather, it's distractingly bad in the Mandalorian. It's not distractingly bad. It's just not good. It's not in my opinion, it's not really lifting up what's going on on the screen. That's it. That's my only my only criticism of it at all. You know, for me, maybe I just didn't realize it as much because I was very engrossed in the story. I didn't even notice the music at all. Like I couldn't that's, even think of music happening at all. Maybe that's, that's the problem. Same, yeah, that's a symptom. That's the same symptom. <laughs> yeah, when totally you're not is. noticing the music, that's as bad as noticing it and it not really doing anything for you. So no, absolutely. I, I will um, and, Oh, you? No, go. I will say that I think the Mandalorian, like the character, the actual Mandalorian, 
He's the most interesting character I, I've seen in a Star Wars story, personally, for me, in a while. I'm really interested in everything that's going on with him and the way they're exploring yeah. like Mandalorian culture and stuff. It's really, really cool. It's super interesting, for me, at least. Yeah. And what you come to find out is is some of the rumors like Jango Fett was not a Mandalorian take more precedence the more you learn about the race, you know, or how the race was in that time period in hiding and so on and so forth. Um, but we're not going to get into that because that would be the whole episode. We will say that Disney added the continue watching feature after the launch because so many people complained about the fact that they left off something and then they had to scan and find their way to where they left off. Yeah. So it's a streaming sort of feature that's on every streaming service and Disney didn't launch with it. So they went back and I think it was a matter of like just having bugs and just kind of figuring out some of the, the glitches or technical issues they might have had at the same time. So um, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised it came back that quickly. Um, so J.J. Abrams uh, on I believe it was on Good Morning America talked about a crazy situation where uh, Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker script uh, ended up on eBay. Uh, one of the actors or actresses, he didn't exactly say who it was, even though he wanted to, said that it was left uh, in their hotel room and uh, one of the people of the cleaning services found it and tried to, uh, to try to make a good buck off of it by uh, posting it online. Now, I always thought that those, those uh, scripts aren't uh, complete. They're only giving them like sections at a time for that reason, for, for some of these like, crazy big budget movies. Which makes me feel like it's one of the main main characters who might have made this little uh oh. I I don't care if it was a stormtrooper. I want to know who did it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I really want to know who did it. And and furthermore, JJ knows and he wants to say, but he won't. Which means it's got to be somebody in the top tier. You would it just has so. to be. You it imagine. has to be somebody in the top tier. And I'm dying to know who this is. Now, I, I only I mean, read his quotes. I didn't actually see um, the clip. So I don't know if he's saying this kind of jokingly or if he's saying this kind of like he was, like he was ticked off. Like I no, can't tell his he tone. says, no, the quote says, one of our actors, I won't say which one, I want to, but I won't, left it under their bed and was found by somebody who was cleaning their place. Yeah, but I'm saying like you don't know if he's saying that like in a joking sort of way or if he's saying it like he's pissed off sort of, sort of deal. So that's all I'm well, saying. I mean, I think he's probably pissed off. I'm sure in he's the not happy either way. There was almost something that happened, but it didn't actually happen. So, I'm sure it was a mini heart attack at the same time for the maybe. folks over there. So, that's for shit, sure. Um, Frozen, Frozen Two melts competition with a hundred twenty-seven million dollar opening. Except nobody is talking about this movie. I didn't even know that it opened. Uh, There's no catchy song that that kids are singing ad nauseum. Totally disagree. Totally it, disagree. Really? You think people are talking about this? Oh my I don't god, know yeah, that's anyone all people were talking. Honestly, the last few days at, at work, all people were talking about was Frozen Two, the songs, the, the this, the that, Olaf. Really? And okay. and talking about Baby Yoda. Like that's been like the the thing for the last week going on uh, between work, between uh, family members, uh, and I feel like on social media at the moment. Okay. I mean, all right. I really, I really haven't heard a word, which I think I thought was a little odd. But all right, you say so. Uh, I mean, I will say that you kind of forget that just 
again, I know we keep saying this over and over, and I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but you almost forget how much Disney owns right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it feels like, what, like a third of everything at this point? And in fact, it's like another major box office, Frozen 2. Now, and, and I believe it did gangbusters in Asia last year, uh, last year when, the, when the first movie came out, too. So if they come out with the same sort of numbers, they're going to just kill it yet again. Cause, and I think uh, even Disney stock hit a, a record high today, or, or all-time high, I should say. Um, so it's good to be the mouse <laughs> right now. Who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me? That was unsettling. They're, they're gonna, well, yeah, that's what it's going to be when they're marching <laughs> down the street singing that song. <laughs> Calm down. G-A-L-A-X-Y-E-D-G-E. Oh, yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Let's, so let's keep talking about Disney. That's yeah. actually really funny. There you go. I'm not even I mad. Think, um, I'm going to actually ask one of you to look something up in a second. Mark Ruffalo wants to shoot a Hulk versus Wolverine movie. I hadn't heard that specific. All I heard was uh, I saw an interview where Mark Ruffalo uh, shared. Oh, it was on um, Colbert um, that he shared. um that he had a moment with Kevin Feige and Kevin Feige said, do you think there's any stories left to tell? And Mark Ruffalo said, yeah, I have some ideas. I didn't hear that one of them was the Hulk versus Wolverine. Uh, it would be an interesting way to bring Wolverine in certainly. Um, but it says in this article here that, um, in fact, Wolverine fought the Hulk and Wendigo in his first appearance in Len Wein, uh, Roy Thomas and John Romita Sr.'s Incredible Hulk 181 in 1974. John Romita Sr. didn't draw the Hulk, uh, didn't draw Wolverine in those issues. I wonder if it I was, thought he might have done some plotting or something like that. No, it's um, uh, Herb, Herb Trimpey. I think mm-hmm. it's Herb Trimpey, isn't it? I thought, I mean, I thought it was Herb Trimpey. You can look that up. I'm, well, I, I don't think and, you have to. I don't think it is. I think it is. You don't sure. think it's what? No, I think it is Herb. I think it's Herb Trimpey who drew all of those issues. And actually, his first appearance is not Hulk 181. It's 180. He's in the final panel of the book. Yep, with the shadow. No, no shadow. He's fully revealed. Oh, yeah, the the last last panel. panel The last panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. 181 is his first full issue appearance. And actually, he's in a couple of panels of 182. Okay, so according to uh, what is the Marvel database? Yeah, uh, uh, it says here that writer uh, Len Wein, penciler Herb Trimpey, um, cover artist. It has three folks. It has Herb, it has Romita, and it has Gaspar Saladino. The three. Well, where's Roy Tom? Is Roy Thomas associated? Is he the inker? He, uh, Roy Thomas. No, the inker is Jack Abel. Uh, Roy Thomas was the editor in chief at the time. Oh, okay. Well, because, uh, I mean, it's just in Len Wein, uh, Len Wein, Roy Thomas, and John Romita Sr.'s Incredible Hulk 181, it's just grossly wrong. Yeah. You know? I, I think, it, I think if, it's worth If pl- anything, maybe John Romita did the cover or plots or something, but he didn't draw it. Herb Trimpey absolutely drew it. Absolutely. I think that's, that's pretty rough. It, it's worth, know, it's worth pointing out that this was, uh, this was an exclusive article from uh, CBR.com. They wrote, okay. they wrote this up. A, a few other uh, would, websites credited yeah, them. You would, so just, just you would think comic book resources would know who drew the goddamn issue. Of course. But just no, saying. But no. Um, yes. Kev, 
You told me to look mm-hmm. up a thing. Apparently, Ruffalo revealed uh, the Kevin Feige information at Tokyo Comic Con. Yes, yeah, that's in, that's in the article here. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're discussing things. So I think what it means is that there might be a Hulk movie or that we haven't seen the end of the Hulk in the MCU, which is good news because yeah. we lost Iron Man and Cap. And even, and even you know, I don't know if you guys saw, I think you can see it on YouTube. You want to look up Actors on Actors, mm-hmm. the Chris Evans. Did we talk about this? I don't know if we talked about it. Oh, we did. We talked about it. Like and, yeah, it was yeah. Scarlett Johansson where he said not never, but it would have to be something extraordinary. So, yeah. I mean, that's good. And we know we're going to get Iron Man back. In, in at least Black Widow, so we'll see what goes on with that. Very true. The Marvel's podcast is now available on Stitcher Premium. How did this end up in here? Because it's news. So it deserves it, to be in the prep sheet, it, which talks about is news. Is it basically just a radio drama of the book Marvels? Uh, it basically has that kind of vibe, yeah. It, it's kind of like... Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I've only listened to the preview, so you can only get so much of it. Uh, and the preview was like almost like a movie trailer, it's like a ninety second something like that. But the um, it, it talks about the old Marvels miniseries, which man, when did that come out? Now I don't even remember when. Um, but it's kind of I just mean, showing the creation of the Marvel universe and the progression at the same time through the eyes of one reporter. Uh, at least that's what the comic is, was. Her, this cast is terrible. Method Man. As Ben Urich, Method Man, as an old white guy? Yeah. What, what the – Anna Sophia Robb as Marsha Hardestay. For those of you who don't know who Anna Sophia Robb is, she was um, Veruca Salt in the – no, she wasn't. She was Violet in the Willy Wonka remake, uh, the one the with – Johnny Depp? Yeah, the Johnny Depp one. She was also um, – uh, what's her, in the movie Soul Surfer, the girl who got her arm bit off and continued surfing. I think she was that. I think okay. she was in that movie as well. Um, this cast is terrible. Well, I can't speak for the cast. I'm not gonna uh, argue with you on that. I will say okay. that the uh, the Marvel podcasts, uh, in general, I've enjoyed. Uh, there's been the two seasons from Wolverine, which I thought were pretty good. Uh, for someone like myself who commutes in and out of Manhattan every day for work, uh, they were nice, um, nice listens. They were they were good even while walking the dog at the same time. So um, they waited before they posted all of those for free on iTunes. I don't know if uh, usually they might let out the first episode for free, so it's worth just checking to see if they have that on iTunes or wherever it may be. Um, it, I think it's going to be worth at least a check. I like the new format. I like listening to these uh, characters in podcast form, in a storytelling kind of format like this. Um, I'm down for it. I mean, it's something new, something I feel like it's a little fresh. I kind of like storytelling on podcasts, um, besides this one. Um, so I think it's worth a shot. Whether it's going to be worth listening past episode one, and that remains to be seen. Elizabeth Banks to direct and star in Invisible Woman for Universal. They're really trying to make something out of these universal monsters, which they I feel really for are. you, Monty. I feel for you, Monty, because the mummy was terrible. It was so bad. Oh, my God. And I wanted to like it so much. That was rough. And it looks like in addition to Invisible Man, which is coming out in February, that stars Elizabeth Moss, 
why would you list it as starring Elizabeth Moss if it's about an invisible man? Who's playing the invisible man in that picture? And uh, it looks like they're going to do a movie called Renfield, which is a new take on Dracula's henchman. Yeah. And now the invisible woman. I think Universal's just lost it. I, I don't know if just they're just throwing shit it. against the wall to see what they works. are. Clearly, they're throwing shit against the but wall. I mean, come and on, man. Mummy was supposed to be the start of the Universal Monster Universe of yes. films where yes. everything would eventually combine and cross over. And you had Russell Crowe as Jekyll. Uh, Jekyll. Isn't that who he was in that movie? Yeah. Correct. Uh, and, you know, like you had all these elements that they were like, we're going to make a whole universe. And that Mummy movie sucked so bad that it's a wonder anything was called sucky before it. The writing was was just atrocious. I mean, you can tell that there were just so many people that had their hands on the script. Um, I first of all, I, the, the few good things I will say is I was fine with the look of the mummy. I had no problems with it being a woman. Uh, I thought it actually put like a nice fresh spin on the character, uh, like the aesthetics of her on that. Um, I didn't have a problem with Tom Cruise. I mean, I'm not saying he was the the, the probably the ideal choice, but he wasn't just, bad. He had nothing to work with. Yeah. And at the same time, it was like, oh, he's going to try to go against what his uh, what the authorities say and do this and do that. And I don't like the way that, that he kind of, um, he made like the military look bad at the same time. I and mean, that's just a little bit of a personal preference on that. Um, but I mean, it was just so disjointed. It was just, it was so frustrating <laughs> by the end of it. Because I mean, by no means was, was, I, was I expecting to walk out of that movie like, like almost like when I saw Iron Man for the first time, I'm like, oh, this is something special. Something is going to happen. But it was just, because uh, I, I, I see knew is something. I knew something special was going to happen after the Mummy ended. I knew that that universe was doomed. Because <laughs> all I really, honestly, I would love nothing more than to see a really authentic, like a a gun ho try for like a horror Dracula or Frankenstein movie, not an action movie, not a, a different spin. Just a just a new take on like a new fresh horror take on those two characters because I mean for this genre it doesn't get more iconic than that so that's all I want and I feel like I'm like this almost just emphasizes the fact I'm never going to get that it's just going to be an action popcorn movie where it's going to be forgettable and it's very very frustrating because and again the same thing even goes with the last Godzilla movie it was it did so bad. And now the, the Godzilla King Kong movie is going to get, or Kong movie rather, excuse me, is going to get pushed back, I think, like eight months. Mm. Wasn't yeah. There like a, wasn't there a shit Frankenstein movie? I Frankenstein. And that, oh yeah, that's what it was. That was, uh, that was what's his name? Two-Face. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't have a big problem with that. Everyone else did, but I mean, I, it was one of those things like I knew going in what I was expecting. So it kind of just like met my expectations. Yeah. So I was fine. You. You you got what you paid right. for exactly. Right. I mean, come on. You ready for my Dracula Awful. pitch? What's your Dracula it, pitch? It's gonna be Dracula, but he rides like like one of those like uh, uh not the motorcycle like a, like a moped moped type deal. Yeah, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act like Universal didn't hear my idea wow. right now, and it's like yes, you know who we get to do this? Uh, uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, that'll sell tickets. They'll do it. They'll do stupid things because they think it'll stick. I eat the mummy. <laughs> They did Dracula as a hipster. That would be funny. Just saying. I'm done. Vegan blood. Saying that would be funny. I'm done. Now I got all frustrated you know, and everything. <laughs> Monty, have we ever discussed this? I don't know that we have. What's that? The movie Dracula 2000. You've seen that one. 
Gerard Butler as Dracula. Um, which one? I saw that, but I didn't finish it for a very good reason, which I'll talk about later. Well, uh, and I did finish it for a very good reason, and that's because the last ten minutes of the movie had the most amazing pitch about Dracula of all time. Uh-huh. And I share this with I share this with everybody, so it's not just you, Monty. Um, uh-huh. I share this with everybody, and that is that. Uh, what that movie proposes is that Dracula is Judas Iscariot, hmm. you know, and then they tie all of the Dracula tropes to Judas Iscariot. He's hung at sun. He's hung at sunset, but then, you know, like he's released after sunset and then he can never die, you know, because he betrayed Jesus. Uh, he's uh, Dracula's aversion to silver the silver coins. Like there's all of these tropes that they tie in and they, they suggest that Dracula is Judas Iscariot. I think it was brilliant. I mean, it's a shit movie. It was a shit, a movie. shit movie. It was, but that just that explanation was worth, was worth watching the film. I mean, I remember seeing, I saw it in the theater and I just remember just being mind blown about the fact that why no one had ever thought to tie these things together before this. You know, that was my one and only thought there was like, why on earth would nobody have tied these things together? So fun fact, when I saw the movie, uh, I was watching it. Um, uh, <laughs> I was in college and as I watched it, I'm like, wow, this movie uh, uh, is absolutely horrendous, but I got to finish it. Nothing. I can't turn it off now. And then I got a, a phone call from a friend saying, hey, something happened to the World Trade Center. So oh, I, I've oh. never, I've never turned, I've never gone back the, uh, after, after the, uh, the, the uh, after that phone call. So that was, uh, that was where I left off with Dracula 2000. I will no never shit. forget. I, I swear, and God that I was watching the movie on the couch, getting ready for class for like that later that day. Uh, and I thought, wow, nothing could be worse than this. And then I got a phone call. So that's, uh, no that was, that's my story for that day. Um, Kev, I don't, I don't think we can really bounce off of that. So uh, maybe we should go to break now. With that, gentlemen, we will take our one and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 567, uh, the one that Sandwich has named Baby Kevin. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Bitch, what you don't know about me, I can just about squeeze in the grand fucking canyon. Hey, this is Kevin Smith, Big Kev's love slave. Did you know I always wanted to be a dancer in Vegas? Then you're listening to Big Kev's geek stuff. What do you look so shocked for, man? Fat bastard does this all the time. He thinks just because he don't say anything, it'll have some huge impact when he does open his fucking mouth. Christ, why don't you shut up? Cooking with Monty. <laughs> and on that creepy note, we are back. Geek stuff TNG, episode 567. Baby Kevin. Oh, yeah. You just heard from our lovely sponsors, uh, which sandwich today's the day. You're going to hit it with no problem. No issues at all. You're going to be 100 percent. You're going to ask no questions. You got this. Go. Yep. And I'm a Chinese jet pilot. <laughs> so uh, 
I'm going to start off by butchering this. So Come on. <laughs> go. I'm going to go. All right. So you just heard our lovely sponsor from Build X-Wing from the uh, Build uh Anyways. So this is the 118 scale X-Wing. Perfect for your three and three quarter figures. It's a great piece for our collectors and diorama guys who just like to have things in scale. You know, this is the only fully realized and fully detailed X-Wing you will find on the market right now. You know, this is great for guys who just, you know, like seeing things set up. You know, you'll have your little people movers and everything. And I can see Kevin getting really upset. And Oh, is that me getting shot? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not upset. <laughs> like I said before, fully realized details you didn't even realize were in the X-Wing. Like bombs and working lights, R2-D2. The X-Wales come out into attack position. I had no idea there was working lights in the mm -hmm. X-Wing. That's a detail that I was unaware of. The Deluxe Edition comes with working landing lights, static figures, little people mover, and uh, opening, closing cockpit, all the fun stuff. Also comes with a <laughs> magazine guide <laughs> and uh, fits all into a nice little binder that once you're done building the X-Wing, you'll feel uh, happy to you know go back and read and see all the fun little facts and how was do, building do you know what I think? Do you know what I think we need to do, Monty? I think we need to so, write him a script. I have one. I just didn't. No, I mean for Ritalin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great product. You're going to want to get it. That's buildxwing.com if you want to reach them. Their phone number is 877 877-544. Six seven seven nine. I really messed this one up. Honestly, I did. I can't. I'm honestly sorry. No, uh, no, it's fine. You hit all the good points, you know. And and like we said, just to reiterate, uh, in a sensible manner. Yeah. Uh, one eighteen scale. I think the sellable point is the one eighteen scale. It's the first time ever, you know. Like Sandwich said, the details, the lights, the deluxe edition, the magazines, the whole thing. It's really something that uh, you can get behind. It's really something that. When you see it all together, it's something that you'll want. So, yeah, go to buildxwing.com. Is there a phone number, Mr. Sandwich? 877-544-6779. And I think that fulfills our contractual obligation to mention and promote this product. Absolutely. All right. Can I just say I, I've just discovered something else that, that stinks about living in Hawaii and everybody will – Jump on me because it's probably cold where you are, but it's it isn't here. Nice today, actually. Um, oh, well, there you go. Nice so then degrees. you won't care as much when I tell you that nope. one of the things that I hate about living in Hawaii and being so time-wise so behind everything mm -hmm. is that when things go on sale, uh, like at a particular time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know where this is going. Mezco. You know, I've missed a couple of Mezco pieces because they went on sale in the middle of the night in Hawaii. Uh, I have now for two days in a row or two sales in a row, I missed Mondo. You know, Mondo uh, prints, they make the kind of high end screen print posters. Yeah, I, think, I think we really looked at them a few weeks stuff. ago or something like that. We talked about yeah, them off camera. They, yeah, off we talked about them because they're doing the Rick and Morty the action yeah. figures yeah, and yeah. Oh, I ordered the deluxe set because they look unbelievable. They also did the 12 inch Batman animated. Uh, there's two of them. Well, three of them now, uh, except the second one is Batman again, which I don't understand why they did that. They did Batman and they did Mr. Freeze. 
um, and deluxe editions of those um, uh, we've, we've either gotten and talked about. Batman, I think we got and talked about. And Mr. Freeze is coming. And then we have the Rick and Morty. But what they're known for really is sort of these prints, these really limited edition posters. Um, one of the things that I really like is alternate movie posters. So it's posters, you know, that are alternate movie posters, like an artist creates a movie poster for a film that wasn't one that they used for the film like that. That's one of the things that they do, but they also do like just special prints of different things. Well, they had a peanuts show in California where they had a number of prints Ooh. on sale, like 20 or something like that. And it's original, you know, it's not original. It's, it's, well, it's original Charles Schultz, you know, artwork that is reprinted in these screened prints. And what they usually do when they have a show like this is obviously they sell them at the show and then they sell the rest online and they do it the same way. They're like tomorrow, these are the prints that are going to be available. We're not going to say what time, you know, that the sale is going to go live. Yeah. So be prepared, watch social media and all that. And I missed two of them now. And because by the time I checked in, only the print that nobody wanted was still left uh. both times. Um, and I don't know what people, people apparently have a problem with Sally Brown. I don't know what the problem is. I think she's a great character. I don't want a print of her, but you know, like yeah. those are consecutively in, in the two sales that those have been left over. And also it's fair to mention, if you are a fan of Mondra, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Check in on Friday, their black Friday sale they're going to be selling over 1,200 posters that they've dug out of their archives ooh, ooh. over the last uh, 10 years. Wow. Nice. Uh, um, yeah. So stuff that's been long sold out, stuff that has been uh, – that's extraordinarily expensive. If you, if you try to buy in the second market, you'll be able to get it at the list price. But you got to check in. I think it's 12 – Central time or Pacific time, I forget. Go to mondotees.com and, and check. That's going to be huge. I mean, I know I'm going to be scanning the shit out of that really quick. And they're low quantities. As well, some of them might have one. You know, they might have one stuck in an archive, and they're like, yeah, we can get rid of this one. Uh, and, and it'll just be one. So, yeah, you definitely want to check Ooh, that out. That's going to be Some of these it. things look so it, nice. It, yeah. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's available. I mean, you're not seeing the sold out stuff. Wow. You know. These this is just ooh the Babadook. Um ooh, real real nice stuff. That's uh Mondo M O N D O T E E S dot. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there for you, Mr. Monty. Ooh, this is I need new walls. I need more walls, man. Holy <laughs> crap. I have a whole house full of ooh, nothing. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, but I after looking at like two pages, I want to get like a whole bunch of stuff. Um Oh, very nice, very nice. Um, okay, moving along. We got some uh, news going on. Uh, sandwich. Yes. Talk to us about this lovely New York Times article. It's basically uh, New York Times released this article, I want to say, they released it uh, November 15th, 2019. And it's basically talking about how D&D &D was at a place not too long ago where it was kind of falling off and you know not as relevant in, you know, pop culture and just the media in general and how it's had like a, a huge resurgence and like a renaissance right now where people are like jamming into game stores and jamming all over the place to play some D&D &D with their friends and not even just for friends or strangers and about the uh, diversity that it's kind of become now where people of all shapes and sizes and colors are just, you know, 
enjoying the D&D world and becoming a part of it. Now, let me ask you this. So I thought it was a good article just in terms for anyone who just knew Jack about Dungeons and Dragons, for someone who didn't know about the business side of things. So the touches on that, which I, I find pretty interesting. But does it really bring that much diversity to with 5E and just the, like with the last like year or two? Like, like, is there just like a lot more diversity than there used to be, like organically? Oh, yeah. It's like me as me when I'm playing, it's like, or other people are playing, you know, it's you want to do different stuff every time. I feel like like, oh, I've done a human fighter. Now I want to be like a, a dwarf wizard or it's like you just there's a lot more room to like change things up. And it's not limited to like, how do I say this? Like I play with people, you know, of all different backgrounds and all different stuff. And the world of D&D is the great equalizer where it's like, I'm not any more different than the other guy. You know we're what I mean? We're on the like, same page. Yeah, we're all on the same no, page you, while doing the same stuff. No, you are. You're, you're different. I'm going to be the one to tell you. <laughs> He's making fun of you. Thanks, Kev. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I think you're putting too fine a point uh, on it, Mr. Sandwich. I like the way Matt Duffer, who's one of the Duffer brothers who created Stranger Things, in the article he writes, he attributes the tactile social experience as integral to D&D's comeback. Um, and Ross, who I think is the guy who, uh, uh, Ross, his brother, uh, he said, we think some of that is due to nostalgia and some of it is because people are looking for a way to connect that doesn't involve a computer or a phone. Yeah. You know, and I think if we, if we have a as a culture have started to turn that goddamn corner, I'm very happy about that. Yeah. You know, because our faces planted in phones and texting and so on and so forth. And if. If our community, if if our culture is the one to go, you know what? Mm, no, you know we we want to see each other's face and hear each other's voice and and be involved in something that's fun that we can actually do in the presence of all of us, which you can't really do with computer games and so on and so forth. You certainly can't do it if, say, your friend doesn't show up to play the video game that you're playing with your friend. I'm just saying, oh, I'm not so, pointing so, at any okay. fingers. Before we go down that path, anyone. Kev, let me ask you this, because you've been, you've been into D&D for so many years. What was, yeah. the, what was D&D like uh, before 5E came out? Was it... Um, it was 4E. But was it like... But, 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 yes, sir. But was it... How was, the, how was it perceived by, by people so, at the time? Like, obviously, it wasn't nearly as popular, but... Uh, right. How, how I did, think when 4E came out, I think everyone was excited about it because there's always the excitement when they're going to revamp something like that and you really have so much hope for it. And 4E, when 4E came out, it was really, it was very exciting because it was new and it was different and they changed things until everyone started to realize that they basically changed it to kind of World of Warcraft. Oh. But oh. like a role playing game. Okay. You know, like the, the yeah, the dynamic was really weird. And don't get me wrong, the information that came out with 4E, like the amount of gray matter and support material and that kind of thing was amazing. I mean, we got Eberron, you know, in there and we got a bunch of other things as well. Um, but the point is is that that all sort of like there was an excitement and then it kind of it quickly fell off even though they were still producing tons of products and beautiful products. Don't get me wrong. We talked about nearly every book on this program that came out for four E when it was coming out, because at the time, you know, there was interest and that interest unfortunately sort of waned. 
Um, and it waned really hard. I think once that, you know, people were kind of taking a look, a hard look at the, you know, the game mechanics and we're like, Oh wait, this is what we're doing. And so then it kind of fell off. I think what five E did was five E said, we need to have sort of the old school back. We need to have the pencils and papers and, you know, and, and sort of the social interaction. And it became more about the role playing and less about the game mechanics. There are still game mechanics and some of them are complex uh, and some of them are interesting and they do keep, um, you know, they are providing, uh, a lot of, um, you know, they are providing a lot of, uh, you know, new material for new players and DMS and so on and so forth. And that's great. But I think what they, I, I think the part where they're successful is like Mr. Duffer said here, I think that they're, they're attacking the notion that we can only be connected through some sort of electronic device. You don't need any of that for D and D. You don't even need minis for D and D. You need a pencil, a paper, and some dice, and like the basic rules, and you could be out of the box D and D playing in ten minutes, twenty minutes, maybe. Um, and I think that's that's what's important. You could do that with four E as well, but I think five E just and I want to say simplified because that doesn't do it. I think they reverted it back to the role-playing aspects, more role-playing, less game mechanics. I think that's where the success is lying here. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, one thing to, to, to kind of piggyback off of that is the fact that there is a new Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty um, starter set that's available. Um, right now it's on the uh, Amazons for about 18 bucks. You can probably get it at your local comic book store or gaming store at the same time. Yeah, they actually talk about it in the article. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah. just kind of looking through some of the pictures right now on these things. So it's it looks like it's piggybacking off of the uh, artwork from the first arc uh, that came out uh, of the series, uh, which was really enjoyable. Um, the second uh, arc just came out. I think it's issue three will be out maybe this week. I'm not 100% sure, um, I, which I haven't started to, to read yet, but the first one was really good. Uh, this one here, you got character sheets for of the uh, players uh, from the show who were involved in the uh, in the artwork uh, in the game. Rather, uh, you get a nice DM screen, uh, which has artwork kind of. Uh, I think this is from the covers. Uh, gives you a nice layout with uh, some of the regular artwork as well from uh, the game, uh, and also in the rule book, it has uh, nice little uh, quips and everything from. Uh, the characters, the way uh, Mor uh, Rick would be making fun of Morty at the same time um, during the game. So it feels very natural. I, I talked to, I think it was two people, uh, one of which I was OG uh, at Geekfleet about this. And they were saying that these were must-haves for anyone who's a fan of either of the series. Just fun to have, uh, even if you don't use. If you use it once and you put it on your shelf, that's good enough just to kind of have the character sheets uh, and some of this artwork. So something to put on your maybe your, your, your wish list for this year or to, uh, to maybe give as a gift for someone. So sandwich. Yes. I'm just saying you're here all the time. I give you beer. This is a really nice gift to give someone. Okay. It's a really nice gift that somebody might like to have okay. here in the holiday season. Tis the season to, to pay back for the beer. Follow la 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 la. Yes, that was terrible. You know, they also quote. They also talk about in the uh, in the article. They also talk about how um, it is, is kind of more than being referenced. It's it's kind of becoming sort of a 
you know, where, where at one time it would have been kind of cast off as a joke, you know, kind of like a Dennis Miller joke, like, yeah, like they're down in the basement playing Dungeons and Dragons, man. You know, like instead of it being sort of a, a cast off joke, now it's like, for example, in the Big Bang Theory, uh, you know, they had the episode where Will Wheaton had a celebrity D&D game. Mm-hmm. And with William Shatner and Joe Mangiello, and Kevin I think Smith was was Kevin there. Smith was in that one as well, yeah. who, to my knowledge, has never never played D&D in his childhood, to my knowledge. I could be wrong about that, but I don't recall ever talking to him about it or hearing about it. So uh, I can't say for sure if that's the case. The point is that, I mean, that's the level of popularity it is. And people come out of the woodwork now or out of the closet. Hello, Hey-o. come out of the closet and say uh, that they're playing D&D and they're doing it all the time. Lots of people. Joe Mangiello is a good example of that. There's a whole D&D room in his house, mm-hmm. you know, and he's married to like Sophia Vergara. Yeah. And he got a D&D room. That says a lot. And then uh, what's Vin Diesel's been talking about Dungeons and Dragons, I think his entire career. He's talked about how he plays D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, Deborah Ann Wall from daredevil yep yeah. uh, talks about her you know that she plays D as well i mean there's there's a whole mainstreaming uh of this that's going on and i think rightfully so and i think again the duffer brothers i think said it best here's our opportunity here's an, an opportunity at least for our culture for our uh our people if you will to kind of say yeah we don't need to be connected this way we can sit in a group of seven eight ten people uh, and, and we can have this game and we can have fun and joke and laugh and it's completely inclusive and diverse, uh, you know, with regards to race, uh, uh, sexual orientation and, and all the rest of those identity things. I mean, look, sandwiches is, is doing it. So, you know, it, it does encompass, um, all sorts of special people. Wow. And so yeah. it's what? I said, you're a special person. You're welcome. So the, the, you know, the point is, is it, it's, it's so, it's such an inclusive thing that you don't really have to, uh, you know, you don't have to break off or branch off into little groups. And this is something that sandwich said, you don't have everybody, you play with people of all, you know, of all stripes. And, and I think that's, that's a really important social value that I think D and D brings to the forefront. Could not and I think more. this article really this article is really good with regards to you know explaining that. I really liked it. For sure. Oh, yeah. Um Mr. Kevin, time for your favorite segment, sir. What segment is that? Oh, come on. Is it the wrap up? It is time for the wrap-up for episode 567, Baby Kevin. Uh, we start off today talking about The Mandalorian. Baby Kevin. Baby Kevin. That's what I said, right? I thought you said Big Kevin. No, no, I no. I'm like, pretty sure I said Baby not... Kevin. Uh, but we talked about uh, Baby Kevin and The Mandalorian, how they dethroned Stranger Things uh, to be the top streaming service, knocking out uh, Stranger Things, who had a five-month streak going on. Um, also, it's still tied to Disney Plus. They added the back the continue to watch feature, continue watching feature, after it was removed from launch, kind of from a bunch of headaches they had from uh, some glitches. 
And J.J. Uh, Abrams opened up about the Star Wars script, Rise of the Skywalker, ending up on eBay after someone fucked up and left it under, uh, under their hotel bed. I got to know who that is. I hope a God at some point it comes out so that that person can be made duly fun of for doing that. Also, I want to say... Also, I want to say episode three of The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Oh, it's so good. So good. So good. So good. I forgot to mention that. So fun. Go on. Uh, we talked about Frozen 2 melting the competition. I haven't heard a single word about this movie yet, but apparently it's getting around. So there you go. Mark Ruffalo wants to shoot a Hulk versus Wolverine movie. I didn't hear it that specifically, but I did hear from his own mouth on Colbert that he did tell Kevin Feige or Kevin Fahey asked him if there were more stories to tell. He said yes. So Kevin Fahey said, you should come by and we should talk, which to me means I think we're going to see more Hulk. Um, the Marvel's podcast is now available on Stitcher. I think the cast uh, is awful, uh, meaning the voice cast for Marvel's, which is one of my favorite Marvel's books, uh, Marvel books. Uh, and I'm really kind of uh, I'm really kind of upset at the cast. I have to say. I mean, I don't even know if it's worth giving that one a shot. Method Man is Ben Urich. No, Elizabeth Banks to direct and star in Invisible Woman as the Universal Monster ship slowly sinks further into the sea. Uh, gives me agita. <laughs> what we do in segment two, Mister Sandwich? We talk about uh. D&D, the great equalizer in the nerd universe, and tie that into the Rick and Morty and D&D fun little one-shot that came out with all the fun little Rick and Morty gags, and talked about how, you know, we as a culture are moving away from the screens and into the pen and paper again. At least our culture is. Yes. That is very yeah. true. So boys, I think that's everything. Pretty sure. We so, want to take this opportunity to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving giving absolutely. this week absolutely okay. i'm sure you'll all spend with your families have a good time make sure that make sure uh you uh get your the gifts you want on friday and, um, right. and on cyber monday and, uh, i'm checking out that mondo sale on friday that's my whole i already the you know by the way I, and again just to mention another black friday sale since we're talking about them weta their black friday sale started today today yeah, that's a pretty good sale, too, especially if you're a Lord of the Rings fan or a Hobbit fan. They have some really, really amazing stuff for sale during this sale. So, um, yeah. yeah well, so you, you can catch us each and every week over at GeekStuffPNG.com. You can check us out on the iTunes, on the Stitcher, and where, uh, maybe wherever else you get your lovely podcast. Uh, I am uh, Monty's at Mayhem on uh, Twitter, on Snapchat, uh, Instagram, and um, also in Gmail. <laughs> in Gmail? And Gmail, baby. Okay. I'm Big Kev GS on the fantastic Xbox One network, where myself, Cousin Dave, uh, my friend Justin the Ham, and Uncle E-Rock are attempting to bring law, order, law and order to a uh, orderless West, occasionally guest-starring Sandwich-like, but so rarely it's we barely remember what he looks like. Also, you can find me at BK Geek Stuff on all the other social medias. Sandwich. You can find me on Xbox and Instagram at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E. 
D-O-R-E, where on Xbox, I'm trying to get back into playing as Captain. I really am. I want to say uh-huh. that on the air. I really am. It's just a busy time with me with school. No, no, it's totally, no, it's totally fine. I totally understand Galaxy's Edge. So, okay, and with, with that, that Kev. we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG to a close. Episode 567, the one we called Baby Kevin. The way we end some episodes by saying... Good night, OG, wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. Music.